Well, I wonder if you've um, received any invitations recently. Maybe you've been um, invited to a party and you've um, looked forward to going along to that. You're going to go out on a, on a Saturday evening or something to go and enjoy fun with friends. Um, maybe you've been um, invited to take on a new job um, and you're looking forward to that. You know, you made a pay increase and better working hours, better holidays, a more exciting job. Maybe you've watched adverts and they've invited you to buy the latest phone or the biggest, a new big TV screen. Uh, and you, you, you think about accepting that invitation, going out and spending your hard-earned cash to get a bigger screen. Or maybe you can remember back before Christmas, remember that far back? Um, and you're invited to vote for particular parties. Um, and they promise that you vote for us, we'll sort out everything. There'll be loads of money for everything, so vote for us. Um, um, or maybe, um, maybe you're thinking, you know, there's that tradition now, 29th of February coming up. Um, so women, women apparently can invite men to marry them on the 29th of February. That's the sort of tradition that's there. So maybe you're about to be invited to be married to marry someone and to enter in that, so that lifelong commitment to someone else. Or maybe that fills you with dread if you're a man. I don't know. <laughs> um, there's all sorts of invitations. And, and each of these invitations, it's an invitation to something that's going to uh, change your life for the better, make you, um, your life flourish and be wonderful. But it's also an invitation to a new way of life, a new way of being. Um, maybe not all to a new event or a new place um, to go out. And when we come to the Sermon on the Mount, that's the, these, these chapters from Matthew chapter 5 through to chapter 7. Um, it's, um, it's the first part of a big section of Jesus' teaching in Matthew's Gospel. There's, there's five sections of Jesus' teaching. This is the first one. And we're going to be looking at it over the coming weeks and, and months um, through 2020. And in a way, it's an invitation. If you look back at chapter 4, verse 17, um, it's a summary of what Jesus was going around telling people as he started his ministry. He said to them, repent, for the kingdom of heaven has come near. Repent means turn, change your ways, change your way to live this new way of life because God's kingdom is coming in. And in a way, the Sermon on the Mount is really fleshing that out, really showing us what that means. Jesus is saying, look, the, the kingdom of heaven is coming, and God's inviting you to this new way of life, a life that will be a life of flourishing and a life of blessing. And these first opening words of the sermon, the, the Beatitudes, the nine blessed are, are saying, look, if you come into God's kingdom, if you come into this kingdom of heaven, you'll find a life of blessing. You'll find a life that is flourishing, a life of happiness, a sustainable and lasting happiness. I'm inviting you in to this life. And so let's look at this. And first of all, let's focus on this idea that it's an invitation to come and have a flourishing life. Um, the phrase, blessed are, it's a phrase that... Um, was a phrase that was used a lot in different ways in the Old Testament um, and also in Greek philosophy. It's a way of answering the question of how can I have a happy, a flourishing, a full life? Uh, and many commentators say actually the word blessed isn't, isn't a good translation because um, it suggests that do this and God will bless you. It's not saying that, it's saying this is the way to live in order to live a happy life, in order to live a flourishing life. Not just do this and you'll feel happy, but do this and you'll have a lasting happiness, a deep happiness. And it's done in the light of the fact that Jesus is announcing the kingdom of heaven. 
You see very clearly in verse 3, it says, Blessed are those poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. And then again, in verse um, 10, it says, Blessed are those who are persecuted, because theirs is the kingdom of heaven. The focus of this is an invitation to become part of the kingdom of heaven. Part of his eternal kingdom that's coming in. And think about that. I mean, people want to come to this country, don't they, many of them? Sometimes they risk their lives to get into this country. Because they think that coming to live in the United Kingdom will give them a better way of life and, and a happier and more flourishing life than living in another part of the world. But what Jesus is inviting us to is not to come and live in the United Kingdom, which has its plus points and its bad points, but to become part of God's kingdom, part of the kingdom of heaven. And that, that kingdom is something that, in a way, is breaking in now, a way that's coming now through Jesus, a way that we can be flourishing now. But it's also something we're looking forward to. Because the, the kingdom of heaven doesn't fully come yet. One day it will fully come. One day Jesus will return and will put everything right. There'll be an end to death. There'll be an end to illness. There'll be an end to coronavirus, an end to storms and flooding, there'll be an end to all sorts of suffering and there'll be peace and perfect life. And Jesus says, come and follow me and be, join in with this kingdom of heaven now and you will have that in the future. But also, the kingdom of heaven is even coming in now. Even now, there's a happiness that comes from being part of this kingdom. So let me just um, pick out a few points here. Firstly, there's a happiness that comes because we have a strength in the midst of struggle. Jesus says, blessed are those who mourn, for they will be comforted. As part of the kingdom of heaven, we have a relationship with God as our Father that means, even though in this life we will have struggles, even though this life will have difficulties, even though this life will have sadnesses, God is with us. God is alongside us. And he will comfort us. You talk to many Christians, they'll tell you that uh, some of the things they've been through in life have been really hard and they, they don't know how they've got through them. If it wasn't for God being with them. This is how we have a sustainable and a flourishing life. We have God with us in the struggle. But secondly, there's, there's a promise that we might, that we've got, part, being part of the kingdom of heaven, we can grow in goodness. You see, many people want to live a good life, many people want to do good things in their lives, but they, they find themselves stuck in habits and behaviours that um, often destroy the relationships around them or are self-destructive for themselves, and it just drags them down, and they can't seem to break free from that, they just sort of spiral into those things. And yet Jesus says here that those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, those who really desire to live the life God calls them to live, to live the good life, they'll be satisfied. God will help them. He will help us to become the kind of people that God calls us to be, good people, righteous people. And he's not talking about a, a kind of righteousness that is um, a self-righteousness that looks down on others, that thinks we're better than others. No, he says that it's a life of mercy and we'll be shown mercy. 
So one of the other blessings is, sorry, I'm jumping ahead of myself a bit, one of the other blessings is that we'll be shown mercy, we'll be given our forgiveness of sins as part of God's kingdom. So, so it may be that you look back on your past and there's things that you're ashamed of in your past. Behaviours or actions, the way you've treated others. And that guilt bearing down upon you. Jesus says you'll be shown mercy. In God is forgiveness. That guilt is washed away. You're made pure, you're made white, you're made clean again. This is the flourishing you can have now. And linked with all that is that we find a new identity in God. It says that you'll be children of God, you'll be sons of God. Jesus says you can talk to God as your Father in heaven. What an incredible status to have, to be a child of God. You may have, think of yourself in a particular way. Maybe you think of yourself as a, as a failure or as, as, as rubbish or you've, you've messed up. But Jesus says, come to me and you will be in a new identity as God's son, as God's child. That will be the prime thing that says who you are. And that's transformative. These are the flourishing that we can have now, but, but it's not just for now, it is for eternity as well. And Jesus points to that, that the pure in heart will see God. We can't see God now, but we will see God fully face to face in eternity. Uh, we will inherit the earth, we'll, we'll be kings and rulers over the whole earth as part of God's kingdom and following his way. These are the promises for the future that we have as Christians as well. It's not just to flourish in this life now and then die, but to flourish now and even more so in eternity. And you see, there's lots of people that, um, hang on, <laughs> there's lots of people that will tell you that we can give you a way to flourish. There's lots of philosophies out there. You can go to the bookshops, and I was in a bookshop this week, and there's a book called Flow, and it's all about the secret to having a happy life, and lots of wisdom in those things, and, and ways of living that can make you seem to be more successful or happier in life. But they often offer you things like wealth, or success in romance, or um, success in business or something else they promise you those things and those things may bring you happiness for a moment but they're not lasting things are they and actually are they really things that give you deep flourishing and deep happiness having more money gives you more problems romantic relationships can go pear-shaped sadly even jobs can come and go depending on redundancy and sometimes they give us more stress and they give us more than they do a sense of fulfilment. What God promises in the kingdom of heaven is true flourishing, true life. But as well as an invitation to flourish, this is also an invitation to follow. This is an invitation to a new way of living, a new way of life that comes in because the kingdom of heaven has come. And when you look at the sort of things Jesus is saying about the sort of people that will be happy, the sort of people that will flourish, you might think, wait a minute. These don't sound like the sort of people that flourish. The, the poor in spirit, those who mourn, those who are meek, those that are persecuted. That doesn't sound like a happy way of life to me. One person's dubbed the um, Beatitudes as um, saying, happy are the unhappy. Um, and it can feel like that, can't it? And yet Jesus is saying that 
in the light of the fact that God's kingdom is coming in, in the light of the fact that God is doing something incredibly new and incredibly fundamental here, um, in, the light of, in the light of the fact of God working, then our expectations and our understanding of the way the world works is completely turned upside down, and so that actually it's through the, the, the hardships and the suffering of life that true flourishing and true life grows out of. Now, as we come to look at it, I don't want to go through every one um, bit by bit because we haven't got time, but um, you can argue about different ways of structuring the, the, the eight or nine Beatitudes. There's even an argument about how many there are. But I think the best way to look at it is the three sets of three. And the first three Beatitudes are all about humility. So poor in spirit, mourning because life isn't going well, um, meek, it's a sense of being humble as well. There's it, a sense of the, the people that will flourish aren't the arrogance. They're not the self-made successful people. They're not the people who can say, look how well I've done. Look at what I've achieved. Look how bright I am. Look how attractive I am. No, Jesus says, the people that will flourish in God's kingdom are those that are poor in spirits. Those who are mourning, those that are meek, those that um, are vulnerable, that aren't self-reliant. Those that come to realise that in my own strength, I can't do it. But with God's strength, I can. But learn to rely and trust in God and what he does for us fully. Those are the ones that will truly flourish, Jesus says. Not the arrogant, not the successful, not the wealthy. But secondly, he says, who will flourish? Who, who, what does it mean to live in God's kingdom? It means to live a life we are aiming to be godly. Um, and then the, the, this phrase here, isn't it? Um, Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness. This righteousness is, is, is the desire to actually live God's way, to live according to God's rules. But this righteousness isn't um, a self-righteousness that says, look how great I am, how rubbish everyone else is. It's a righteousness that's based in mercy. So Jesus says, forgive me for my sins as I forgive the sins of others. Jesus says, love your enemies. Jesus says, have compassion on the poor. This godliness is being like God and being compassionate and merciful and kind. But also, it's not a, a righteousness to just, just show up, look how great I am and trying to impress other people by following a set of rules and tick boxes. It's a righteousness that's deep down. It's in our very hearts. So Jesus says, blessed are the pure in heart, for they will see God. We're called to live a godly life, but we're also called to be peaceful in persecution. Blessed are the peacemakers, blessed are those who are persecuted. What's Jesus saying here? Look, you follow Christ, then the world will be against you. Sometimes people resist becoming Christians because they're afraid of what other people will say. They're afraid of how their mates or their friends or their family will treat them. And Jesus says, yes, you will be persecuted sometimes for being a Christian. But it doesn't matter. That's just more of a sign that you truly are part of the kingdom. And you truly will flourish eternally. And so Jesus says, rejoice. Don't, don't fight back. Rejoice. Be a peacemaker. You see, this is Jesus' invitation. It's an invitation to... Come and live a certain way of life, but a way of life, he says, that will bring flourishing and happiness 
both now and even more so in eternity. And Jesus doesn't invite us just to follow this way of life. It's not just a philosophy of life to follow. He's actually inviting us to follow him as a person. Because Jesus is the one who was humble. Born not in a palace, but a stable. Dying a death of humility on the cross. Jesus is the one who was godly that lived the perfect, righteous, godly life. Showing compassion and mercy to others. And Jesus is the one who didn't fight back when he was persecuted. He allowed himself to be crucified on the cross. He might bring peace between us and God. Jesus invites us into a new way of living, a way that in the light of God's kingdom coming in is a way of flourishing. But it's the way he lives. And so he calls us not just to follow an idea, but to follow a person. Will you accept Jesus' invitation to this new way of life, this way of flourishing to the kingdom of heaven? Let's pray.